Welcome Weirdos, I'm Taryn Marlar, the host of Weird Darkness, where I bring you true stories of the paranormal, supernatural, legends, lore, crime, conspiracy, mysterious, macabre, unsolved, and unexplained. Named one of the 20 best storytellers in podcasting by Podcast Business Journal and ranked one of the best true crime and paranormal podcasts by Podcast Magazine. Bolt your doors, lock your windows, turn off your lights, and come with me into the Weird Darkness, found everywhere you listen to podcasts. When a group of teenagers come up with the bright idea to go camping in an abandoned haunted house out in the woods, they have no idea they're about to experience something that will leave them breathless. And then we go toe-to-toe with the notorious P.I.G. Is it possible that the town of Northfield, Vermont has one of the most ruthless cryptids we've ever covered? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day too. Hope you guys are having tons of fun doing whatever you're doing. I am Benadryl free, so don't worry about any crazy... Delirium, <laughs> delirium-fueled rants like the last two episodes. I'm recording this at night, but much, much earlier. And I don't have to work tomorrow, so there's no deadline for me to go to sleep. But somebody who's always keeping people to deadlines. Someone who always makes sure stuff gets done on time. <laughs> if you didn't know what the definition of a deadline is, you're like, well, what's a deadline? Does it involve zombies? Walking into Dead Rabbit Command right now, everyone give it up for our newest Patreon supporter. King Job. Woohoo! Yeah, wee hee! Yay! Your Highness, welcome! Come on in to Dead Rabbit Command. King Job. Maybe it's King Job. King Job, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally understand. It just helps spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so much. And to all of you who have voted in Paranormality Magazine's Top Podcast of the Month Club or chart, Thank you. We're number three. Our debut appearance on the chart. We are number three. I'm going to have that in the show notes. Please vote for Dead Rabbit Radio. Let's stay on that chart. Keep voting. Dead Rabbit Radio is your favorite paranormal podcast. That's another way you can help the show grow, just getting the name out there in one of the top paranormal magazines. So thank you so much for those who have voted. And you can vote every month as well. So, King Job, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the... Bunny Bicycle, we're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. Everyone hop on the handlebars, and he's going to ride us all the way out to the middle of the woods. Wicka, 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 wicka. That's the bike. That's the bike. Some of these vehicles I don't use often. Not because it's not cool. Bunny Bicycle would be great. But (laughs) what's the sound effect? A card in the spokes. That actually would have been better than squeaky squeaky uh, chains on a bike. The year is 2009. This story was posted anonymously, but we're going to call this young chap Marcus who experienced this. The year's 2009, and Marcus goes, 2009 special year for all of us. It was the year we graduated high school. Throwing your caps up in the air. Woohoo! You know, like doing a little dance. Doing a little, you, and your friends, you and your friends choreographed the dance. No one else is watching. They're all hugging. They're hugging their families and walking away. And you guys you guys are like, hey, how come no one's watching our dance? It's him and three other buddies. There's four people in total who are part of this crew. 
And they say, well, the dance thing didn't, no one watched it. We spent a lot of time, we spent a lot of time on it. But they decided to go camping. And Marcus goes, we wanted to go camping out in the woods, but we didn't want to just, you know, bring, do the normal camping experience, sleeping bags. And do you bring pillows when you camp? Maybe pillows and probably like a fishing rod. You know, we're, we're not thinking of camping like that. They're not doing a camping trip like that. They actually came up with a really cool idea. They're going to spend their camping time. It's in the middle of the woods, so it's kind of like camping. But also in the middle of the woods is an abandoned church. Been abandoned for decades. They go, let's go out there. It's supposed to be haunted. We'll bring our camping stuff. And we'll camp inside a... Yeah, man, that sounds like a great idea. So they drive out there, and Marcus goes... Church was creepy, sure. It had a reputation of being haunted, but you would walk in and it was the basic layout of a Baptist church, which tend to just be one long room with a pulpit. And you kind of like can sit there. <laughs> You're sitting on a pile of broken stained glass. You're like, oh, this is okay. But he goes, there was graffiti. People talked about seeing ghosts. He goes, but the real treasure out there was the church house or the parsonage. That's what they're called. He goes, you had a house connected to the church. And he goes, that was like two stories. There was a bunch of rooms, different rooms in it. And it was way creepier. It was way creepier being in that. So we actually decided to camp out in the parsonage. So they go in there. And again, these aren't typical camper kids, right? They're not thinking about wearing galoshes in the rain or like building a fire to cook some marshmallows, they go into this haunted house, because the house also had a reputation, but generally if you have a haunted church and then a house connected to it, you're like, yeah, but the ghosts don't come over here. The whole area had a reputation of being haunted. They go into the house, they drop all their gear, and then they go, you know what else we should drop? Some acid. Yeah, man, groovy, dude. Yeah, that sounds so spectacular. That's what these kids love to do. <laughs> they love acid. They love doing LSD. So Marcus goes, we can't, this was the whole plan. We're going to go out into the middle of the woods. We're going to go in this haunted house and we're going to drop acid. And this sounds like a setup for a horror movie. <laughs> the fact that I'm talking about it on a paranormal podcast should give you some idea that this drug trip or whatever happens in the story doesn't go well. It's a little more interesting, though, than just one of these guys becoming a blood-soaked maniac as he's eating people's faces because he's tripping out so hard. Marcus goes, we all drop the acid and we're walking around the house. And we're like, dude, look at the wallpaper, man. That's groovy. Yeah, dude. And they're like rubbing it. Oh, I'm rubbing the man who painted this. I'm right now my fingertips are reaching through time to touch his fingertips. Whoa, dude. Can I do that too? Look at this old bassinet, man. I bet you there was a baby in this once. And I bet you that baby's the president now. Whoa, dude. These guys are just tripping balls. Walking around this house. Well, of course, they kind of get separated, right? Because they're all high. You're not going to have a very cohesive group as you're walking around this house. And Marcus goes, listen, this wasn't my first time doing acid. I've done acid before. Acid is not like the movies where you hallucinate dragons and you hallucinate like goblins jumping out of the walls being like, my liege, we need you in the goblin kingdom. He goes, nothing like that. He goes, you start to, they do have like visual hallucinate, like patterns. You'll see fractals and stuff like that sometimes. 
but mostly it's just a change in perception. So on the one hand, you have that. What's about to happen? He goes, I don't think it was a hallucination. But, <laughs> but at the same time, he admits, I was on a lot of acid. I was on a lot. I was tripping really hard at this point. We're all kind of separating. I find myself in a room all by myself. And I see that I'm actually not all by myself. There's a young woman in the room with me. He goes, you know, she was about my age, 18 for this story. And he goes, I'm looking at her. I obviously, like, I'm tripping hard, but I know that... Well, actually, I don't really know anything at this point. I know she's not a member of the group. I know that for sure. And he says, this young woman walked towards me. And she was wearing, he said it was either a dirty uh, nightie. You know, like women will wear those little nighties to bed. A dirty nightie. Or she was wearing an oversized man's shirt, which women will also wear to bed. Like a, like a kind of a giant shirt. She Basically, she looked like she was getting ready for bed. And she's walking towards him and he's like, oh, whoa, dude. And when she gets close, she pulls down her top and one of her boobs pops out. Boom. And she's exposed this boob to him, and he's like, what? I don't know how much he's complaining at this point, but he does know something is really odd. She's not a part of the group. <laughs> They're in a haunted house in the middle of the woods. He's tripping on acid. This woman pulls her boob out, and he's just kind of looking at her, probably, probably not looking at her face at this point. He's just kind of staring slightly down, his head's at a 10-degree angle looking down. She's... Got this one boob hanging out of her blouse. And then she reaches up and she pinches her own nipple. And he begins to hear what he says, what he describes as, if you had a balloon and you were letting the air out slowly, but you were holding the tip. You know how it goes. <laughs> as it deflates. But <laughs> it's a human woman's boob. And she's squeezing her nipple, and he says, I feel the air come out of her nipple and hit me. And I can hear the... As <laughs> the air sitting, was like, oh, man, what? what's going on? And he watched her deflate. <laughs> Listen, you can tell yourself you don't trip on acid. You can tell yourself you don't have visual hallucinations like that on acid. But... I mean, he saw it, right? He saw it, and he's on acid, and he goes, I watched her deflate all the way. I was like, why would you leave in the middle of that, right? You're like, oh, boring. I want to go see what my friends are up to. Maybe they're rubbing doorknobs together. No. You would want to watch her. If you're ever watching a human deflate, you would be like, <laughs> your boss is like, hey, you got to come back. Your break's over, and be like, boss, I need five more minutes. This person is deflating in front of me. You'd watch the whole thing. And he watches her go, and he goes it must have been the acid which is something you could say about a lot of the stuff not about the not about what he saw but he goes i was strangely unaffected by the whole thing like i wasn't terrified he was very puzzled when the girl appeared and why she he's actually he noted notated why only one boob he goes why didn't she show me both she only pulled out one boob he goes i watched her deflate 
And then I just kind of left, I just kind of left the room and went to go find my friends. Like I knew something had happened that was weird, but I wasn't scared by it. He goes, I left the room and I found my friends and I did not say anything to them. I just found them where they're at and they're like, dude, what if curtains were upside down, man? Whoa. And he's like, he's all trying to feign interest. He's like, I just saw a, uh, Woman, deflate by pinching her nipple. But yeah, let's have this curtain conversation. He doesn't tell his friends, and they just go about their business, and then eventually they all go to sleep, and they wake up. Remember, they're camping in this church house. They wake up the next day, and Marcus, now sober, goes, I'm going to go see what that was. Because obviously I'm going to go to that room, and there's just not going to be anything there, right? I'm going to walk into that. That was all just some hallucination. That was, what else could it have been? And he goes, I went back to where I was in that room where that woman deflated. And I walked in the room and I looked down. And he just saw this large pile of hair. And he said he's never done acid again. I got this from the export. I found this on the export recently. I thought it was really interesting. Again, it's the same thing of a lot of stuff we cover. We don't have real names. We don't have... I mean, we have kind of a date here, right? 2009 This better than nothing. But we don't have locations. I understand people don't want to get doxxed. You know, it, it sucks, though. Because it would be cool to do any sort of follow-up on this. You're like, Jason, you seem really enthusiastic about going this one. Huh, huh, huh. You're nudging me. I was like, dude... It's all, for, it's all for scientific research, my friends. It's all for scientific research to see ghost boobies. Well, here's the question. What was this? Like, was it a ghost? He does say, I've never done acid myself. I know I did a really good impression of people who are high on LSD, so it may surprise you that I've never done acid. I've never taken shrooms or anything like that. The idea of him doing this acid and changing the perception of the world higher consciousness and things like that what was this like it does seem i mean <sighs> the reason why we default to ghost is because you know obviously the place had a reputation of being haunted but i would also say if a <laughs> house was full of deflatable women and uh, you'd probably call that a ghost i think that would be a layman's term would it, it would be a ghost but what was this the fact that it left behind such bizarre physical evidence and i really don't know how to classify this story it's interesting because on the one hand you think oh it's a haunted house it's a haunted house story but ghosts very rarely leave behind physical evidence of their existence also i should note they generally don't deflate by grabbing their nipples if that was the case the ghostbusters would have been a much more interesting movie they're like come here slimer we're going to get rid of you. And they're just the whole movie's Bill Murray just squeezing nipples. So, I mean, like, I don't think it's a ghost, but what is it? Is it, was this some sort of weird interdimensional entity? I mean, listen, it could have also been a drug-fueled, sleep-deprived vision. But then again, like, why was the hair there the next day? I, I don't know how LSD works. I just have to go off what other people say. Is it possible that he walked into that room, saw the hair, and then hallucinated everything else? I don't know. Um, 
But I mean, in the world of paranormal, you could have an entity like this. I just don't know how you would classify it. I don't know what it would be. You have this entity. I mean, that's the only way you could classify it in this house in the middle of the woods. Is she out there when no one else is? Is she walking around this house all the time? Was it because, like me as a sober ghost hunter, if I went in there, would I not have experienced anything at all? But you needed to have altered consciousness to be able to see this thing. Does it help to have altered perceptions sometimes when you're out in those places? I have to be very careful. People are like, what? Jason said I can do heroin at a haunted, <laughs> an abandoned haunted mental asylum? Let's go. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm not saying that at all. But I wonder if sometimes it does make a difference. And it would really depend on what the drug was. If you're high on meth and you're like, dude, we just went ghost hunting. We saw a lot of shadow people. We saw a lot of shadow people. Plus, I invented a new ice cube. You're like, okay, stop. Everything you saw was meth-fueled. Plus, tell me more about this ice cube invention. I'm sure there are more drugs. Like, you know, obviously DMT, a lot of like psychonauts use DMT to expand their horizons. And then you have... You know, acid, I'm sure mushrooms, if you wanted to go like dance around in the fairy kingdom inside some hollowed out log. It turns out it's just termites eating your face. They're like, oh, what a wondrous journey. I can hear them singing in my ears as they chew through your eardrums. I wonder what other drugs would be good versus bad on a dr- on a, like a ghost hunting trip. Like again, like, again, I'm not encouraging, <laughs> I'm not encouraging any of this at all. I always think you should be completely sober on a ghost hunt because it's dangerous it's a dangerous place especially out in the woods and your teenagers and <laughs> people may deflate in front of you people may just turn into a pile of hair but an interesting ghost story nonetheless did he see it because he was on the drugs would a sober ghost hunter have experienced it and really that leads us to what was this thing was it a ghost was it a cryptid was it an entity from another realm is that the reason why the church is abandoned because there was a deflating woman constantly walking around. The minister's trying to give a sermon. And then all of a sudden this woman walks out and starts deflating behind him. It's going to be kind of hard to pay attention to the book of Job as you hear a... And you're seeing that woman once again turn into a pile of hair. King Job, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the carpenter copter. We're leaving behind this forest. Fly us all the way out, too. Vermont. We're headed out to Vermont. Specifically, we're headed out to Northfield, Vermont, to take a look at the story. And first off, I got to give a shout out to longtime Dead Rabbit Radio listener. I actually don't even know if he still listens to the show. I mean, people come and go, right? People. Some people listen to the show forever. Some people take long breaks, or some people never listen to it again. It's totally fine. But Bennett, Bennett. A long time ago, sent me a list of pig people in each U.S. state. He tried to find a pig person in each state. And um, he found 27 pig people. They're tied up in his basement right now. I don't know if he has time to listen to the podcast. He's apparently kidnapped a bunch of pig people. No, he sent me this list. And uh, every so often, I go back to it. It's mostly just sitting on my desktop, though. He sent me this list a long time ago. And we've been checking them off one by one. I think this is the fourth. One we've covered, and it's funny, I was actually reading another article about a pig person, and I go, oh wait, Bennett sent me that list. 
So I was like, yep, he's, he sent me this one too. So Bennett, you're getting credit for this uh, pig man story. He's like, great. That's what I'm known for. I don't even listen to podcasts anymore. You're still talking to me, talking about me and my pig list. It's October 30th, 1951. We're in Northfield, Vermont. It's Halloween Eve. If you thought Halloween was spooky, get ready for, what do they call it? Devil's Night? I think that's an East Coast thing. Anyways. October 30th, 1951, and there's this kid named Sam Harris. He's 17 years old, and he is up to no good. He's sitting at his house, and he's like, <laughs> The kids ask, trick or treat, but I give only tricks. The family, his family's sitting around, they're watching Audi Duty. They're like, Sam, what are you talking about? Why are you giving a monologue? Why are you just monologuing in the kitchen? He's like, <laughs> they don't suspect the thing. Those rooms, they're like, Sam... He gets a basket full of eggs. This is so quaint. I know, listen, I know throwing an egg at someone's car will really mess up their paint job. But it's also pretty quaint compared to, you know, like burning a house down like they do in Detroit. Aha, it's the devil's night. Let me shoot you and your family in the face. Tricks on you, citizen. You throw an eggs at a car, it can really damage the paint job, but whatever. Sam has a basket of eggs, and he's like, Aha, the night is mine. I will go out, and I will egg the houses of random people in town. They will forever remember my name. And they're like, Sam, don't get caught. That's the point. No one, no one should know your name. He goes, they'll remember my name. And he took his basket of eggs and left the house. Well, the night goes on and on and on, like nights often do. And then the next morning when the parents wake up, Sam's not home. They're worried. Because just a piece of advice, if you go on and start throwing eggs at people's property, there's a chance you will get beat up at best. Well, the parents start looking for Sam. They can't find him. They contact the authorities. The cops are like, was he doing anything dangerous last night? They're like, uh... You did, your house didn't get AIDS. <laughs> the cops are like, no. And they're like, no, no, no. He was he was totally fine. He was totally fine. The police start looking for Sam Harris. They can't find him. Missing posters go up. And then fade. Actually, did they have missing person posters in 1951? That was like old time. They didn't have a copy machine. So it would just be <laughs> a guy walking around with one photograph. He nails it. To the side of a street pole and he just stands there for about 10 minutes and then he unnails and takes the next one. I wonder how they just, I guess maybe just the newspaper, right? Like you couldn't make your own photocopies in 1951, I'm assuming. You just would be like, you you would just be describing your missing kid. They're like, what does he look like? You're like, well, uh, he has a basket of eggs in one hand. They're like, wait, it was that guy. My car got egged last night. Uh, I'm sure they had some way of looking for people like just random obviously the newspaper and the police would have a photo because you give the like a photograph to the police and they're like oh yes <laughs> are we looking for this guy and they're like no no that's Chuck E. Cheese look at the little kid that's my missing four-year-old son they're like oh that uh, giant rat did look suspicious anyways maybe missing person posters were posted and slowly faded and then the wind took them off the telephone pole and while the family and friends of Sam Harris never forgot about him, the rest of the town of Northfield, Virginia, moved on. Let's jump ahead to the year 1971. So 20 years later, 
Northfield, Virginia. It's nighttime. There's a farmer and he hears some noises outside of his house. He's like, oh, those raccoons, they're digging through my garbage again. I'm sure you hear a lot of stuff on a farm, but this was something that he wasn't used to hearing. It wasn't a chicken clucking or cow mooing or a gopher digging. It sounded like something... Well, it was the sound of something digging, but it wasn't a gopher. It was huge. He heard something riffling or rifling through his garbage. He grabbed a shotgun and ran outside, and then he saw it. He saw from the neck down a naked man. But from the neck up, it was a pig. The farmer aimed his shotgun, and this creature took off into the night. Now, the farmer said, you know, he, he told the story. And, and what's interesting about this story is there's a lot of urban legends on top of it, but there are sightings of the Northfield Pigman to this day. I mean, <laughs> definitely there's sightings of Bloody Mary to this day, too. Doesn't make it any less of an urban legend, but... There's a lot of people, and but there's different variations of these stories. So I'm telling kind of the, the single variation of these different stories. He comes out with a shotgun. He sees him. He sees this naked man with the, and this is where we start to see there are different, I want to clarify this. There's different variations of the urban legend. Some say he has a pig's face. Some say he has the head of a pig. And some say it looks like he's wearing a decapitated hog head. Whatever the case, he's naked and covered in white fur. The first official sighting was in 1971. It's been, what, over 40 years at this point. We have this guy and he's been seen so many times. And the question always has been, is that what happened to Sam Harris? Is it possible that the pig man got him? Now, what's interesting is that would actually... The first official sighting of the pig man was 20 years after Sam Harris went missing. There were no sightings on the books. You could say, and I've made this argument in past episodes, I, I don't know if I could find the, find the particular episode, but as humanity spreads out i think not only can we encroach on the habitats of like wolves and foxes and bears but we could actually be building our settlements building our cities into homes that were previously inhabited by unseen cryptids so there could have been a pig man in the area of northfield that never interacted with people but as the city grew the Clash was inevitable. This pigman was going to run into somebody at some point and kill them. And the question is, did the pigman of Northfield kill Sam Harris? But there's another question, which is far more chilling. Is the pigman of Northfield, Vermont, actually Sam Harris himself? Because there's a new wrinkle to this story. Uh, this is a story I found on phantomsandmonsters.com. We don't have a date. But we do have a location. Northfield, Vermont, obviously. Outside of town, though, is a place called the Devil's Wash Bowl. Which has rivers and waterfalls and caves. And it's just a place to enjoy nature. Or a place to go have sex with each other. And not get caught by the parents. That's what's going on right now. We had a group of... 
teens, they decide to go out there camping, have a little fun without any parents around. And we're going to meet one. There's eight of them in total, but we're going to focus on one pair in particular. We're going to call them Tracy and Adam. And they get to the Devil's Washbowl. It's at night. Everyone's just kind of chilling. And then they each are going to take a cave. They break off into pairs. They're each going to go snuggle up in a cave. <laughs> More romantic than a cold cave that's full of animal bones. Let's do it. So Tracy and Adam go in their cave and the other couples go in their caves. And a little bit of time passes. And then all of a sudden, the peaceful night air is shattered. When shouting begins to erupt from one of the caves. No! Get out of here! Go away! Get away! Donk! A piercing scream. It doesn't sound like Edith Bunker. It sounded like a real young woman screaming for her life. Gets everyone out of their own caves. They begin running to the cave of Tracy and Adam. That's where they heard the shouting come from, the thumping noise. And then uh, Tracy screaming. They run in there and Tracy is curled up in a ball in the corner of the cave. Adam is gone. Tracy, Tracy, what happened? What happened? What was going on, man? You, I heard you screaming. And she's like, yeah, I was screaming because <laughs> me and my boyfriend are in here. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there was a pig man standing at the mouth of the cave. We're shocked, obviously. I mean, that kind of goes without saying, right? You're like, oh, what? It's just another day in Vermont. Pig people. Eh. And she goes, he just walked into the cave like we weren't even there. Like, he didn't even care. Like, normally you can scare off an animal. A lot of times you can even scare off a human. She goes, he walked in here like it was his place. <laughs> Might have been actually. This is called the Devil's Washbowl, after all. But he walked in, picked up a rock, and smashed Adam over the head with it. And then picked him up and walked right out of the cave. And right after he walked out... You guys came in, so you guys must have seen him. And they're like, we didn't see anyone. And she goes, it was literally right after he walked out of the cave, everyone ran in. But nobody saw this pig man carrying Adam away. And it's not like they didn't believe Tracy's story. She's not a magician. She didn't have a big old hat that she stuffed Adam in and sent him to the Twilight Zone. He was missing. There was blood on the ground. There was a big bloody rock. But without even all of that evidence, they still would have believed. Tracy, that evidence definitely going to help the, the police believe what's going on. But what happened was the girls decided to hop in a car and head back to town to call the police while the men, because, you know, they were paired up, right? So you had four girls, four guys, and now just three, three dudes. They make makeshift weapons. And decide to try to hunt <laughs> try to hunt down this beast from the impossible world of the unknown. Uh, they're going to come at him with sharpened sticks. So they can apparently uh, take on a full-grown... Well, he's a teenager. But, you know, maybe these guys are jocks. He can knock one of these guys out, carry him off. Anyways, when they go inside the cave, they do see that there's bare footprints in the mud. Like fresh bare footprints leaning off. And the three young men took their makeshift weapons and... Ran through the bushes. Oh, yeah, da-da-da-da-da. 
da, 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 da. they're probably like doing some war song and putting on st- <laughs> they're stopping to put berries squish berries and make war paint they're like we don't have time for this we gotta save our friend da, 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 da. they're running through the bushes they never find him to this day adam has never been seen and when the police showed up they brought in like canine units and things like that still couldn't find him Eventually, though, they were able to track the kids Adam's scent to an abandoned farmhouse where they found uh, his torn T-shirt. That was it. Or was it? Because a while later, we don't know if this is a couple weeks or a couple months, a while later, after missing person posters, <laughs> they definitely have been put up for this guy. This is a more recent story. I don't know when it happened. Probably sometime between 1971 and 2023, when they have time to print posters. Missing people posters go up for Adam all over Northfield. Picture of a young man flapping in the wind. Flap, flap, flap. <laughs> the picture's flapping in the wind, not him. They took a picture of him. He's all paragliding. You can't even see his face. He's wearing all those goggles. It's the best picture we had of him. His face is plastered all over town. Well, this local, this farmer goes, I think I saw that Adam boy. People are like, what? Really? You think you found him? He's like, well, don't get... He's announcing this to the family. He's like, hey, guys, I see you're looking for your son. They're like, we are, we are. I saw him. And they're like, what? I don't know if he told this to the police. I don't know if he told this to people at the local diner. To be fair, I don't know how true any of this is. It's it, it, There's been no photographic evidence of the pig man. There's been no real proof. This is a story that has been in Northfield, Virginia, really since... 1971 since the first sighting there's a lot of like local newspapers cover this story all the time should tell you about how much actual news is going on in this area but this farmer goes i saw your boy i saw your boy you are the ones who are the parents of adam right we'll just say that he's telling his family this their mother and father are holding each other and they're like yes beautiful adam beautiful adam and farmer's like uh (laughs) don't get your hopes up Don't get your hopes up. He goes, the other night I heard someone rummaging through my trash. Not someone. I assumed that it was like a badger or maybe like three skunks standing on each other's shoulders. I didn't know what to expect. Well, I opened the window and I look out and right there, illuminated by the porch light, I saw your son. He was digging through my trash. Now, he wasn't wearing a shirt. You know, it was, he was clad in blue jeans. He's like, the parents are like, why are you telling us these details? What time did you see him and where was your house located? He's like, it was a full moon. I Love Lucy was a rerun, so I was in the kitchen. I looked out the window and I saw your son. He was wearing tattered blue jeans. And nothing else. Probably underwear, but nothing else I could see. He was digging through my trash. And 
He was covered in white hair. Like his back and his legs. But the weirdest thing was, when I looked down, I saw your boy, your boy Adam. He looked right at me and his eyes looked hollow. They looked lost. Lost in some sort of madness that only shipwrecked sailors know. And to make it all even creepier, <laughs> he's all shut the lights off in the family's house now. There's a flashlight under his chin. He goes, I saw your boy. And to make it creepier, remember I said he was only wearing pants, tattered jeans. When I looked out the window and saw him, he was covered in white fur. The family's like, wait, what? What does that mean? Where's our son? Where's our son? And the farmer goes, no, don't you understand? The pig man, the Northfield pig man, was white and furry with the head of a pig. I think that your son, who we know was kidnapped by the pig man. <laughs> the parents are like, we stopped believing that story. We don't believe that story. We think he was some drunk accident and his friends are covering it up. Where's our son? He goes, oh, yes, the big man. The big man of Northfield. I've heard that legend well. The farmer says, remember the first time that the first farmer saw the Northfield pig man, he had the head of a pig and he was covered in white fur. And now we have Adam, who still has the face of Adam, but he's slowly growing white fur. Is it possible, this is blowing my mind, that the pig man turns people into pigmen? And it would make sense. You're like, Jason, no. I don't know why you always think it's possible for humans to turn into things. This is my theory. The first pig man that was seen in... 1971, was Sam Harris. And it took him 20 years to either fully turn into a pig man or, or maybe it only took six months and the rest of the time he was just out in the boonies. But then 20 years later, he shows up and he's digging through the trash. And now we have this story where this kid was kidnapped by the pig man. And you assume... That just like Sam Harris disappeared after... We don't know. You know, Sam Harris just went out and was throwing eggs at people's houses. We don't know what happened to him. To be fair, I don't... I wasn't even able to 100% prove that he existed in the first place. I, I don't know. I don't know. He could also be part of the urban legend. It could have been... Because, you know, it's a missing persons case from 1951. I'll dig a little bit more. If I find something, I'll edit it in here. But if I don't, <laughs> there's no other additional information. I couldn't find anything more. Sam Harris. My theory is that he got turned into a pig man by Pigman Prime, the first one. And then you have Sam Harris running around digging through people's trash. And then he, Sam Harris as a pig man, bashed Adam over the head and turned him into a pig man. That's my theory. That's my theory based on reading Urban Legends. This is my scientific synopsis based on reading urban legends spread across various publications. But if it's a true story, and my theory's true, the life cycle of a cryptid, I think this is something that we've all been curious about. I think we would assume 
that it's similar to human life cycles or snake life cycles or something like that, right? A mommy and a daddy have little babies. But what if that's not the case? What if it's possible? What if in this example, cryptids turn other people into cryptids? Because that's kind of what we're getting here. That's what it is kind of leading to. And it makes sense. It makes sense in a way. You're like, no, Jason, it doesn't. No, listen, it does. Because the Loch Ness Monster, the lamest of all cryptids, even if it was a dinosaur, even if it was real, which I have serious, serious doubts about the Loch Ness Monster, plus he doesn't do anything. He just kind of swims around in the water. But let's assume that he's real, and let's, let's know that he's lame. Even if he's a dinosaur, he wouldn't be alive anymore. It'd be a big old, big old bloated uh, dinosaur carcass floating around in the loch. But maybe this explains it. Maybe this is the reason why cryptids... We've covered other cryptids on this show. We covered one about like a, a guy who got killed in a train accident, or he um, escaped in a train accident, or he was the train accident. He was some sort of uh, boar man or ram man or something like that. I'll see if I can find the episode. I think the most popular story was that he was a circus freak that escaped and then started beating people to death. The firemen are putting out the fire of the train. He's all beating them to death. I said in that episode, I go, even if that story's real, I mean, that, that was 120 years ago. I mean, he would be some old, decrepit man. Just because you're a circus freak doesn't mean you have an incredibly long life. In fact, it's probably the opposite. But this might explain it. What if cryptids are turning humans into other cryptids? That's how they reproduce. And again, we've talked about Bigfoots turning people into Bigfoots a lot. I'll put all those episodes in the show notes. Is it possible that the Loch Ness Monster we see today was originally just some tourist? Who's like, hey, Ma, Dad, guess what I'm going to do this weekend? I'm going to go to Loch Ness. He gets on an airplane and flies over to Scotland and walks out to the shoreline, and he has his camera, he's like, ooh, water, this sure, this sure is exciting, wow, we see someone just slightly swim by, I'll see a bulge, a bulge. <laughs> the bulge in the water will make a bulge in my pants, he, he exclaimed out loud, to the consternation of the crowd, he's standing there, and he's waiting, and waiting, and waiting, and then nothing, he's like, oh man, I wasted all of my money, come here and look at this, to enjoy nature, to be at one with the beauty of the natural world. Ah, fooey. And he goes back to his hotel room, and he's fallen asleep. And, and, and then he hears the, the pitter-patter of giant, wet flippers walking down the hallway. It's, it's the Loch Ness Monster, but he's wearing a little mustache, so no one recognizes him. And he takes a nibble out of this guy. I'm... With his teeth the size of Subarus, this uh, Loch Ness Monster is somehow able to bite this guy. And then the next day, the tourist wakes up and he's like, that's weird, I feel funny. As <laughs> he's massive blood loss, he wakes up in a pool of his own blood. He's like, hmm, something's not right here. Uh, my, uh, my vision's a little hazy and my stomach's rumbling. I should get some water, that'll help. So he like goes down to the hotel, to like the hotel restaurant. He's like, one glass of water, please. And then he's like drinking all the water and his, his belly's starting to swell up. He's like, ah, oh, yes, but I need more. Where's the largest source of water? And then he sees the lock and he jumps into it and starts just taking mouthfuls of it. And he's like, oh, slowly morphing into the Loch Ness Monster. 
And while that's happening, while his bones are elongating and his skin's turning leathery and his neck's getting super long, there's another Nessie in the water and goes, Ah, yes. The circle of life is now complete. Just like him, I was once a man. Now I'm a monster. But now that <laughs> there's two of us, I get to retire. I get to leave. There has to be at least one monster in here at all times. And then that Loch Ness monster just like rolls over and dies. He's like, I didn't really think that plan out. I had a bunch of stuff I was supposed to do. I probably should have done that before I bit that man and replaced myself. Is it possible that the life cycle of cryptids is creating other cryptids? Also, I mean, is it possible that these are just two lunatics walking around with a hollowed-out big head on their on their head and digging through trash? That's probably more likely, right? Actually, the most likely thing is that these are urban legends and there's not a lick of truth to them. But in the world of the paranormal, anything's possible. So sleep well, explorers of the paranormal, but know that at any point, you may become the monster you hunt. Not because of some Nietzsche quote talking about the nature of man. No, I'm talking literally. I'm talking literally. You may be looking for that elusive cryptid, but it turns out you are now the elusive cryptid. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.